Good evening. Our top story tonight, Sam Howell is the starting quarterback of the Washington Commanders. It is officially over. He has beaten out Jacoby Brissett, and Anthony Richardson has beaten out Gardner Minshew. He's going to be starting week one. C.J. Stroud hasn't officially won the job before the Houston Texans, hasn't officially beat out Davis Mills, but he's going to be starting for the second preseason game. It's pretty much over. And we've got Baker Mayfield, who it seems has won the competition in Tampa Bay as well, and more on Player Profiler today. Yes, the quarterback competitions across the NFL are pretty much done for. Bryce Young was the first to win his job. He officially beat out Andy Dalton month ago, two months ago. It has been a while since Bryce Young won that job. And even before he officially won it, we all knew. And the same thing happened with Anthony Richardson earlier this week. It was officially announced that Richardson will be the starter week one. Gardner Minshew is the backup. And this was always necessary. Anthony Richardson is ready and he needs the reps. I, I know it's kind of contradictory to say he's ready and he needs the rep, but by that, I mean, Anthony Richardson isn't going to be hurt by playing in live NFL action. He is not a inexperienced, small, fragile guy that needs to learn. He absolutely needs to learn, but the only way for Anthony Richardson to learn on the limited sample size that he had even in college is to play the game, is to get live reps. This is not a Patrick Mahomes sitting behind Alex Smith for a year to learn the NFL game. That was a different situation. With Anthony Richardson, it's, hey man, you just got to play more football. You got to get out there. You got to figure out what it's like to be live because all of the reps in practice where it's not full go, eh, it's not going to really help Anthony Richardson. So the Colts make the correct decision. One that we have been saying for months would be the case, but Anthony Richardson officially the week one starter. And he's got Cam Newton upside. Even Cam Newton with the New England Patriots was a reliable fantasy quarterback. He had multiple weeks as a QB one. He finished as the QB one overall against the Seattle Seahawks at one point. And his arm was shot. Cam Newton did that with a completely dead arm and just relying on athleticism. Now Anthony Richardson with a live arm, probably the most live arm in the NFL, Anthony Richardson may have the strongest arm. Will Levis up there too, Josh Allen, but all those guys, cannons for arms, Anthony Richardson, the arm's not dead. The accuracy needs a little bit of refinement, but that will happen as he gets more and more experience. So this is the correct decision for the Indianapolis Colts. And it's the correct decision for the Washington Commanders as well to officially be starting Sam Howell. Sam Howell beats out Jacoby Brissett. And we knew all along that this would be the case. It would make absolutely no sense to trot out Jacoby Brissett in week one. Granted, Ron Rivera is trying to save his job, but... What's more likely? You go maybe eight and eight with Jacoby Brissett, maybe keep your job, or you see what you have in Sam Howell. At best, he's an upgrade 
over Jacoby Brissett. And at worst, you're getting the first overall pick. And yes, that would result in the firing of Ron Rivera, but that's probably going to happen anyways. Ron Rivera wasn't hired by this new ownership group. Ron Rivera has largely disappointed with the Washington Commanders. And they've got Eric Bieniemy there. Eric Bieniemy is the head coach in the wings waiting. Ron Rivera backtracked after saying that players complained that Eric Bieniemy was coaching them too hard. Said he shouldn't have done that. Eric Bieniemy is going to be the head coach of the Washington Commanders at some point. And Sam Howell will be his quarterback at some point. He's got some athleticism. He was a talented prospect coming out of North Carolina, but looks too much like Baker Mayfield, plays too much like Baker Mayfield, but with actual athleticism. And so teams got scared off. But in one start with Sam Howell, he looked pretty damn good. He was running the football, not quite Konami upside, but he's close. He had over 800 yards rushing in his final year with the North Carolina Tar Heels. I'm excited to see what Sam Howell will bring to this commander's offense. He is going to be slinging it, which we saw him do back in college, to great weapons. He's got Terry McLaurin. He's got Curtis Samuel. He's got Jahan Dotson, who he threw a touchdown to in the preseason earlier. I can't wait to see what happens with Sam Howell as the quarterback. It is going to be, at the very least, fun. He's going to be slinging it all over the field. Antonio Gibson's going to be getting in the passing game. I cannot wait to see what happens with Sam Howell. And even if it's bad, even if it doesn't work out, it is going to be fun. And speaking of fun, you can have all sorts of fun with the draft kit. Podfather, take it away. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team, and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team-level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you can take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league. Do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. So as I was saying, Sam Howell, Anthony Richardson joined Bryce Young in clinching their starting quarterback position, but we still have the Texans who haven't announced CJ Stroud, the starter, but we all know it's going to happen. There is no sense to trotting Davis Mills out. CJ Stroud is the future. Get him going now. Get him the experience. It's going to work out. CJ Stroud is starting the second preseason game for the Houston Texans, which 
kind of implies he is the starter, even if the Texans won't make it official. And same with the Bucks. Baker Mayfield has all but won this job. They just haven't officially announced it, but we all know what's coming. Baker Mayfield will be starting. Kyle Trask will be the backup. And Baker looked pretty good in his first preseason game. I know it's preseason, but he's going to have some fun. Unfortunately, he is going to have some fun without Russell Gage. Russell Gage ends up tearing his patellar tendon in his knee. Russell Gage will miss the entire 2023 season. Get well soon. Heal up Russell Gage. But in the meantime, with Russell Gage out, the three wide receiver sets will, of course, consist of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. But wide receiver three is going to be Trey Palmer. This is something that would have happened by the end of the season anyways. Trey Palmer is dynamic. He is electric. He can run the entire route tree at 4-3 speed. Fastest wide receiver in the 2023 NFL draft. Trey Palmer is legit. There is no reason he should have gone in the sixth round. He should have been a day two pick. And the Buccaneers are going to benefit. And remember, Trey Palmer roasted sauce Gardner. We didn't see a video of it, but in joint practices with the New York jets, Trey Palmer ends up roasting sauce Gardner. And he called it. He said beforehand that he was not afraid of sauce Gardner. And that's because he is an absolute dog. Trey Palmer dog wide receiver three for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cody Carpentier, the number one player in dog rating last year in the draft. Excited to see what Trey Palmer can do in the rest of the preseason and in the regular season. But speaking of preseason, we had a game last night between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cleveland Browns. For the Browns, we see Dorian Thompson Robinson. He is legit. Now, we already know that Josh Dobbs is QB2, but wouldn't be the worst thing if they ended up trading him and putting... Dorian Thompson Robinson as QB2. Either way, he's going to be QB3. Josh Dobbs will be gone next year. But DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson, could start for multiple teams in the NFL. He'd be competing with Sam Howell. He would be legit competition to Sam Howell. And I think Dorian Thompson Robinson might end up winning that. He might be better than Baker Mayfield, too. Baker Mayfield went first overall, but he's disappointed in the NFL. I would love to see DTR with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There are a bunch of teams that he could compete on, including the Arizona Cardinals. Without Kyler Murray, he would be the starter. He's better than Colt McCoy. He's better than Clayton Toon. DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson. He's going to start in the NFL at some point. He'll have maybe the Tyrod Taylor career path where he starts his career behind I don't want to compare Joe Flacco and Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, not elite like Joe Flacco, but you get what I'm saying. He's got an entrenched starter ahead of him, but in the preseason, he consistently balls out year after year. And then when he finally hits free agency, he ends up getting signed, starts for a team. Now, unfortunately, after the Buffalo Bills, it kind of went downhill for Terod Taylor, but he was signed to be a starter. And it could work out for Dorian Thompson Robinson at some point. He is a guy I am absolutely excited to see play more and see him throwing to Cedric Tillman. Cedric Tillman catches two balls for 50 yards last night, including a long of 36 yards. Love Cedric Tillman. He is officially the wide receiver for, for the Cleveland Browns, obviously behind Donovan Peoples-Jones, who he will replace next year. Elijah Moore in the slot and Amari Cooper as the wide receiver one. But Wide receiver five is also open for the Cleveland Browns. David Bell is the favorite. Anthony Schwartz mixing in, fighting for that job as well. 
And so is Austin Watkins. Austin Watkins looks like he is the new Lance McCutcheon of the preseason. Austin Watkins catches seven balls for 139 yards, including a 32-yard touchdown pass from Kellen Mond. What can I say? Preseason can be fun sometimes, and it is fun. Thanks to Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Thanks to Cedric Tillman. And thanks to Austin Watkins. And no Jerome Ford makes it fun for me because I am excited to see Jerome Ford in an RB2 role. He absolutely deserves it. Probably an upgrade over Kareem Hunt as well. And for the Philadelphia Eagles, last week, Kenneth Gainwell is inactive. He and Boston Scott don't play. And this week, DeAndre Swift doesn't play. DeAndre Swift balls out in his first appearance with the Eagles. Is he the starter? Or is this just games from the coaching staff of the Philadelphia Eagles trying to get everyone reps? No Swift. Kenneth Gainwell gets two carries, the first one being a safety, and the second he goes for eight yards because Kenneth Gainwell is pretty damn talented. But we also see Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny goes for a 16-yard gain, ends up with two carries for 18 yards, but Rashad Penny showing that explosiveness. Penny, Swift, and Gainwell is going to be a dangerous combination but Kenneth Gainwell is going to be the one getting the two-minute work. At least that's what we've seen throughout training camp. But Trey Sermon fighting for a position as well. Five carries, 54 yards, a touchdown, but he does fumble, and he isn't great in pass protection either. Also has a 14-yard reception, so he ends up with 68 yards on the day. Trey Sermon, probably not making this roster, but at least he's been fun this preseason, and that's all we can ask for is a little bit of fun, which Marcus Mariota was not. Marcus Mariota, absolutely terrible. Completes 9 of 17 for 86 yards. He is just Charlie Checkdown, as he has been for the past couple of years. Throws a terrible interception, gets sacked three times. Marcus Mariota just might not be a backup quarterback in the NFL anymore. It might be over for Marcus Mariota. He has seen too much. Too many things have happened throughout his career, the injuries, the shell shock, Marcus Mariota. You hate to see what has happened, but Tanner McKee, who they just drafted in the sixth round, looks a lot better than Mariota. Though, granted, Tanner McKee's coming in later in the game. He's facing players even lower on the depth chart, but it's just something to note that Mariota has looked this bad throughout the preseason. But they don't want to open it up to a competition to be QB2. Sounds like Mariota if anything were to happen to Jalen Hurts, he would be the one to enter the game. But Tanner McKee is going to make this roster for the Philadelphia Eagles more than likely. And if it wasn't already a lock because of the draft pick, it's now a lock because Marcus Mariota has been that bad. Looking at some injuries across the NFL, Brees Hall came off the PUP list the other day, and he looks magnificent. It is absolutely wonderful to see Brees Hall out there. When he tries, he is going fast. <sighs> Love Brees Hall. Cannot wait to see him back in the game. And yeah, Dalvin Cook's there. Dalvin Cook will play a role. Some people are worried that Aaron Rodgers is going to force Dalvin Cook onto the field like he did with Aaron Jones over A.J. Dillon. But come on, Brees Hall is a hell of a lot more talented than A.J. Dillon. Brees Hall moves like a wide receiver, and we even saw it last year. He is so explosive. He is so efficient that he doesn't need to be a 20-touch-a-game guy. Give Brees Hall 15 touches. See him go for 120 yards. Brees Hall is the truth. Speaking of players that have worked with Aaron Rodgers, though, Devontae Adams, he is also back at practice with a few days with a leg injury, but he is back. He is ready to go. 
as is Kenneth Walker. We told you nothing to worry about with Kenneth Walker. Had the groin injury, and it doesn't matter. He is back. He is RB1, and he might be a three-down workhorse. Zach Charbonnet looked pretty good in his first preseason action. He lowered the boom, but Kenneth Walker is just a better football player, a better running back, more explosive, more athletic. So Kenneth Walker is going to be getting the lion's share of touches. DJ Dallas could end up being the third down back at points early in the season ahead of Charbonnet. But it's great to see Ken Walker back. Nothing to worry about there. A little bit worried about Miles Sanders still until he returns from a groin injury. They were saying that they're eyeing week one, but he's getting close to a return. So we should see Miles Sanders in short order. Much like we saw Kendra Miller in short order. Three days. Three days is all that Kendra Miller ends up missing. We heard that, oh, he's got a knee sprain. And that's not good considering he just had surgery on his knee. And then he's back three days later. The goal was week one. Kendra Miller absolutely crushes it. He is fine. Nothing to worry about there for Kendra Miller. Love to see that. Nothing to worry about for Rashad Bateman. He misses two practices in a row and then returns. Seems like the Ravens are just being cautious with Rashad Bateman. And the same thing with Odell Beckham as well. Coming off that surgically repaired knee over a year ago in the Super Bowl, Odell Beckham misses two practices in a row, but it's just to keep him healthy. It's just these rest days that we're seeing more and more of, which didn't used to be the way the Ravens worked. The Ravens used to just work their players too hard. They always had a litany of injuries. Looks like it could be a new era of the Baltimore Ravens actually allowing their players time to rest and recover. Bateman, Odell, Nothing to worry about for now. And Jadavian Clowney signs with the Baltimore Ravens as well. A one-year deal worth up to $6 million. He will rotate alongside Adafi Owe and David Ajabo, the two young edge rushers for the Baltimore Ravens. Clowney will help set the edge. He, he's just a Baltimore Raven. He is the quintessential Baltimore Ravens offseason signing where they wait. It's August. All right, let's go get a veteran. For the past two seasons, it's been Justin Houston. Now it is Jadavian Clowney for the Baltimore Ravens. Moving on to the Detroit Lions, though. Jamison Williams suffers a hamstring injury the other day, and he will miss the rest of the preseason. We don't know if he will practice at all this preseason, but he's not going to play. He will not play in the Lions' final games against the Jacksonville Jaguars and whoever else they end up playing in Week 3 which you hate to see Jamison Williams needs the work as Dan Campbell has admitted. Jamison Williams needs those live reps. And now he won't get to practice with the team for the rest of the preseason. Just putting him once again behind the eight ball. He missed all of last year's training camp, recovering from the torn ACL. Joined the team late and didn't have the chemistry with Jared Goff. So that was the one thing we needed to see this offseason, this preseason knowing that he was going to be suspended for the first six games of the season. Anyways, we needed the preseason for Jameson Williams to get reps in this offense. And now he's out. Yeah, absolutely hate to see it. The one interesting comparison I heard the other day, though, was Jameson Williams to Matthew Stafford, both number nine for the Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford was marred by injuries for the first several years of his career. And then all of a sudden it went away. And Matthew Stafford became the guy. Could Jamison Williams salvage his early career status as a bust? Unlikely, but it could happen. 
don't completely write it off yet like the pod father has, even though I am pretty close to. Amon Ross St. Brown is going to capitalize on this. Missed a couple of practices with an ankle injury, but he's expected to return this weekend. Sounds like a low ankle sprain, which isn't going to keep Amon Ross St. Brown from practice for too long. Even a high ankle sprain, he barely missed any time last year. True dog. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is an absolute dog. Final news on the Detroit Lions, Denzel Mims has been waived by the Lions with an injury designation. He suffered an ankle injury that he started rehabbing, which became a calf injury, and now he has been cut. So the Lions will keep their conditional sixth-round pick. The trade ultimately ends up being nothing, but it was worth it to take a shot on a former second-round pick, even if it didn't work out. But when Denzel Mims gets healthy, maybe he returns to the Lions, maybe he signs with another team. Either way, he's gone for the next couple weeks, maybe a month. And Traylon Burks, he's going to be out for a couple weeks as well. Hopefully he is back for week one, but he suffered an LCL strain, the lateral collateral ligament. That is the opposite of your MCL. Your MCL is the ligament on the inside of your knee. The LCL is the ligament on the outside of the knee. It is much less often that you injure your LCL. Good news. Trey Lomberg still could be back for week one. He has three weeks to get ready. Might miss week one. It's questionable. Might play. But the good news is he's not going to be out too much longer than that. If he misses week one at all, he's probably back for week two. Terrace Marshall, we don't know when he will be returning to the field. He is out with a back injury. Might return for week one. It's kind of vague with the Carolina Panthers, but it doesn't sound like it matters to Terrace Marshall anyways because he's the wide receiver for Jonathan Mingo already beaten him out for a starting job. You hate to see it. And you hate to see Ashton Doolin tearing his ACL. He will miss the 2023 season. All pro special teams player who mixed in on offense as well. Looked pretty damn good when he did. Favorite of the pod father, poor Ashton Doolin. The Colts have signed James Washington, who was waived by the New Orleans Saints to replace him. And Will Levis dealing with a lower body injury as well. Looks like Will Levis might end up as the QB3 for the Tennessee Titans. Malik Willis had the inside track. He was starting. Now Will Levis is injured. We don't know how long he's going to miss. Could be Malik Willis that is backing up Ryan Tannehill. We will see how the rest of the preseason shakes out and when Will Levis will return. And we'll see when Jonathan Taylor returns too. Though he's not injured, but he is injured, but he's not injured. Jonathan Taylor has the ankle surgery that he had earlier this offseason after suffering a high ankle sprain during the season. And then there was the alleged back injury, which wasn't a back injury, which he wasn't injured, but he's rehabbing his ankle, but he just wants a new contract. And now Jonathan Taylor has been excused from the Colts camp for personal reasons. <sighs> the saga with Jonathan Taylor just continues to get worse and worse. He might actually miss some time. He very well could end up missing time. He's not set to make $10 million like Josh Jacobs is, or Saquon Barkley was until he got his boost. Jonathan Taylor is going to make, I think, $4 million this year, which is a hefty amount of money, but he doesn't have the same incentive to return as a Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler all did. So we'll see what ends up happening with Jonathan Taylor. I don't know how this is going to end, when he's going to return, how it's going to shake out. I'm sure he's going to return at some point. He's going to play at least 10 games so that he hits free agency. But I don't know if Jonathan Taylor is going to return anytime soon. I really don't. 
And speaking of running backs where we don't know what's going to happen, the New England Patriots, Ezekiel Elliott wearing number 15 like he did back at Ohio State. Love the look. Not going to love the production from Ezekiel Elliott. Bill O'Brien calls him a three down back, says he's excited to have him, but that it is too soon to tell what his role is going to be. Zeke going to take touches from Ramondre Stevenson. Won't be involved in the passing game. This, again, was best case scenario for Ramondre. Would have been terrible if they signed Alvin Cook. Almost as bad if they signed Leonard Fournette or Kareem Hunt. So this is good news for Ramondre, but it's still going to hurt on the goal line. Zeke is going to steal some touchdowns from Ramondre Stevenson. At least, though, we know he can produce without the touchdowns we saw last year. He he finished as in RB1 with only five touchdowns scored. That might be the ceiling for Ramondre. If Ezekiel Elliott plays all 17 games, he's going to get work on the goal line. And we have Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon has been found not guilty of aggravated menacing. This is the threats that were allegedly uttered from Joe Mixon. A couple months ago, there's another outstanding legal case with Joe Mixon involving a firearm. But in terms of the aggravated menacing, the alleged threats, Joe Mixon found not guilty. And while the other legal situation is still being figured out, it doesn't sound as though Joe Mixon will be suspended by the NFL anytime soon. We'll see how things shake out with the other legal situation. But for now, not worried about Joe Mixon's status playing this year. We haven't been all off season. And now he's going to be a bell cow for one of the best offenses in the NFL. Finally, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is officially down 15 pounds from last season. He has been working on getting fit. He's been working on gaining some speed to be more elusive, to be more electric, to be more explosive. Russell Wilson is putting in the work and hats off to him too. He had a lot going on last year. He suffered the loss of a friend in his last season with the uh, Seattle Seahawks. He also broke his hand, broke his finger, and missed some time there. Gets traded to the Denver Broncos with Nathaniel Hackett, who ends up being completely incompetent. His ego gets a little bit out of control with the private office and all of that and all the decisions made behind the scenes where it shouldn't have been leaked, period, <laughs> but it did. But Russ was going through a lot. Sometimes when you're going through stuff, you gain some weight. Russ is back. He is focused. He is ready to go. And Russell Wilson is going to surprise a lot of people. At worst, he's going to be a QB2 in Superflex leagues. He is a perfect QB2 right up there alongside Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff and all those guys. But if things work out and Russell Wilson is back to his former glory, could he really end up being a QB1? Is that still possible for Russell Wilson in 2023? Well, now that Marvin Mims is going to be starting in three wide receiver sets, it very well might be. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all of this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.